Welcome back to Unpopular Truth Podcast. Uh, we are here this week with a little mix-up. Last mm. week, Emma and Carrie talked about feminism. And this week, me, Matt, and Ronnie are going to talk about biblical masculinity. Yeah, we are. Let's go. Let's do it. We are the most manly men we could find. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I can totally lift more than Matt. To- totally. <laughs> 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 I think Matt could lift you. Probably. <laughs> Okay, so let's get into it. Uh, I, of course, being me, I looked up the definition of masculinity. and Ooh. Was it, my picture in that? Yes, it was <laughs> right below. It was it. you <laughs> and your, your cowboy yes. <laughs> yes. hat. hat. <laughs> yes. So Ronnie was in a music video way back when. Oh, gosh. Oh, yeah. I'm just yes, way back letting, letting the people know. Letting back before the gray know. hair, back before gray hair and uh, wrinkles. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <coughs> Big cowboy guy. Big cowboy retire. guy. You want to? You want to drop the? The drop of Let blood, everybody know. Where they everybody, can find everybody, it. go find it. Yeah. So it's uh, a Holly Dunn video. Is probably my best one, and it was uh, Cowboys are my weakness. Yeah, they are. So y'all can go find that on. I guess it's on YouTube. I'm sure that you can find is. it. Yeah. And then. Uh, after like, about I've the three minute mark, you'll find me bust into the video and yeah, and all my long hair glory. So that's the type of masculinity we're talking about, right? Yep. Yeah. Exactly. Cowboys. Change, and cowboys. And I was changing tire in the video. Yeah. I was Man stuff. Dirty and had a rope. I was roping. Yeah. 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 So. His so. picture wasn't in the dictionary. No, his picture wasn't in oh, there. Okay. Yeah, but I'll masculinity... Call, I'll call him and get that changed. Yeah, yeah, you need to. Masculinity is defined as qualities or attributes regarded as characteristics of men. So... Oh, that's a lot of words for saying the same thing. Same thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's, that is... Thanks, Webster. Yeah, it's the exact same. It's terrible. But anyway, um, for me... Obviously, starting biblically, we would have to start with the first man being Adam. So I have a question before you get into that. Go ahead. So why are we talking about this? Because um, the girls got to talk about Yeah, their and it's our, the girls, yeah it's, our it's our turn. Yeah, it's our turn. It's our turn. Everything must be fair and equal. Ooh, <laughs> fair and equal. And we let the women. Then why did we let the women go first then? Because ladies first. Everyone knows that rule. Yeah. So is that... Oh, that is so, so patriarchal. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, go ahead. You can tell okay. this podcast where it's going to go. Oh, yeah. Within yes. the first minute of oh, us yes. recording. Yes. <laughs> Definitely. Okay. So biblical masculinity. Biblical masculinity. So uh, the first thing we see about Adam is in Genesis one twenty seven, And God creates man and he says, let us make man in our own image according to our likeness. They will rule the fish of the sea, the birds of the sky, the livestock, the whole earth, and the creatures that crawl on the earth. So God created man in his own image. He created him in the image of God. He created them male and female, right? So the first thing we see about manhood is that you are created in God's image, okay? So what does this say about biblical manhood? Why is being created in God's image important? Yeah. Right? So for me, I think it's important because 
we're image bearers of God. Yes. So if yeah. we, if Mago we, Day. yes. So if we do not bear His image truthfully and biblically, then is not biblical masculinity. It is sin. Yeah. So I like that. So without carrying biblical masculinity the way it should be, we're sinning because we're defiling the image of God. Ooh. There you go. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And do you have any questions? End podcast. <laughs> I'm the just end. kidding. Yeah. That's all you needed to know. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think uh, we're all made in God's image. You know, that's what he said, both male and female. Right. Yes. So we all bear that that mark of the Imago Dei, you know, the God image in all of us. Um, and I, so first of all, the first thing that was interesting to me is you said the first man was Adam. So you didn't say God was the first man. Yeah. Yeah. I mean... Because I don't think God is I don't think God is a created being, yeah. so he would not have said gender yeah. or sex. So right. he is God. Right. So he cannot be defined he, by yeah. the terms that he created, <laughs> basically. Yeah. 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 The, the creator crea- does not live in the creation. Yes. He bears his image to the creation. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Yes. <clears throat> so that that sure. was interesting. And then yeah, we see um we see right off the bat, Adam has a role, mm-hmm. right? Yes. yes. Like right off the bat. Right off the bat. God gives him a role to do to play in his creation. Yes. Genesis 2, 15. I had, that was my next point, is that men were created to work. Um, Genesis 2, 15 says, The Lord God took the man and placed him in the Garden of Eden to work it and watch over it. Later, he tells him that he's able to eat of any tree of the garden other than the tree of knowledge of good and evil, blah, blah, blah. And then he gets to his main role in the garden, I think around the end of chapter two. Yeah, the end of chapter two, uh, he's giving names to all the livestock, the birds of the sky, every wild animal. But the big one, he had no helper. Right. Yeah. So here's that's where the woman comes into play. Well, it's it's also interesting to see that God created all the other beings, male and female. Yes. Yes. So while Adam was going through tending to all of these other created beings and naming them and you know playing his part, he saw that there was male and counterparts, he female knew. and counterpart. So yeah, yeah. he knew. Adam did. Yeah, Adam I mean, saw well, it. Like well, God, it was, no, God knew. Yeah. I mean, he knew before he decided. Like, yeah. it, it's, it's before it was written, he knew that he was going to need that helper. Yeah. I mean, because like you said, the animals were, there was male and female animals. Yeah. So, and he was over them. He knew he was going to do this. It's more of a, a well, it's, it's there for us to understand why. Yeah. Does that make sense? <clears throat> yeah. Yeah, it's there for us to figure out God first gave man a role yes. to play. That's he my point. first gave yes. him... He gave him a job. He gave him purpose. He gave him, yes. Mm-hmm. You know, that's that's the first thing we see is God gave man purpose. You know, God did not just make man and put him on 
the earth and say, okay, wander about. Like, yeah. woohoo, how great is this? No, he, he gave Adam purpose. So I think, I think that's huge right there. So, you know. Gave him purpose, th- gave him a job. Yeah. You know, gave yeah. him responsibility. Right. So when we, you know, when we get into this and, and we think about, you know, kind of the role of man in society today, and I know we're jumping ahead, but the one thing you see with a lot of society is a lack of purpose. Like, mm-hmm. oh, what is my, what is my place in the world? What am I yeah. supposed to do? Where am I supposed to go? How am I supposed to live? Why am I here? You know, it's those existential crises that lead people <clears throat> to, to find purpose in, in, in other things, you know, and not, and not a God-given purpose when we already have, you know, God made man. God said, man, here you go. Right. Work the field. Name the beast. Yeah. Authority. Mm-hmm. He gave him responsibility. Mm-hmm. He gave, I mean. There's so much. Yes. In just that little bit. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, back to the woman. Because it plays a role in the man's responsibility and purpose. So we have to go back for why the woman is there. The woman was made for for the man to help him. That was her first one. Um, She was made from the man, from his rib. That's in verse 22. Uh, She is brought to the man as a gift. And she is named by the man. So the last one is is very important because the naming signifies the authority that the man had over the woman. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So if she just came in and was like, "Oh, yeah, she's here," like the then Who are you? there would be yeah right. there would be no authority given and no headship. Yeah. So now that we have man having authority over the woman we gain responsibility and we gain a sacrificial love that we then see later in the fall. And we also see Paul talk about in Ephesians five. So first let's go to the fall in Genesis three. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's not to get too deep, but it's also a picture of Christ in the church. Yes. Oh yes. yes. The church came out of the blood of Christ. So and that's in Ephesians the church, 5. Yeah. So when we, you know, like you guys heard about last week, you know, when you hear about, you know, men, um, you know, what's, somebody help me out. Men, when you protect your, you know, you are to protect your wife as Christ gave himself for the yes. church. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Help Sorry, me I didn't, Fill in yeah. that. <laughs> Sorry. I'll read it. Yeah. So, yeah. but You're when we see to go that. There. Yes. Yeah, he's going to go there after Genesis. When we see that, that's that's not brand new, you know. We we see that that God, you know, designed that role from the very beginning. You know, it's not that this was brand new information for these these men. Now, post Jesus, it was oh, this is how this all ties together. Like, yes, we had preconceived notions of, you know, our role, and you know, back then they they took that authority over women. You know, to above a whole and beyond. different level. Yeah. yeah, but when we see, you know, when when Christ comes into the picture and kind of brings all that back 
and says, as Christ gave himself for the church, your role as man then becomes way more defined. Way more defined. Yes. So when we look at when we look at how Eve was born out of Adam, we're looking at the same picture of the church being born from Christ. Christ. Yes. And so this is yeah, this is a, it's actually a very huge you know, picture of of the way that man is supposed to be, you know, hell, the the power that man is supposed to have. You know, and and upholding the responsibility that he's supposed to go. I say wrapped in responsibility. Yeah, it's big, big, big stuff. It's yes. Yeah. So, yeah, keep going as we are looking. So, the fall of man, Genesis three six. The woman saw that the tree was good for food and delightful to look at, and that it was desirable for obtaining wisdom. So she took some of its fruit and ate it. She also gave some to her husband who was with her, and he ate it. Then it says. Both their eyes were open. They knew that they were naked, and they made coverings for themselves. But there's something in verse 6 that we also see in First Timothy chapter 2, and it's that Adam was not deceived. Mm-hmm. So Adam eating the fruit was an action that he made upon himself right. to lay down his own life so he could be with Eve for he didn't know how long, but for as yeah. long as he could. Because he he realized that that was his role to have sacrificial love as the authority, yeah, and as some way a protector, right. So right. when so when she had to answer for it, he was there he to say, to be, "I did it too." Yeah, yeah. So it's the same role. Again, not gonna not gonna fast do it on your own. Christ yeah. in the church. Yes, yes. Christ gave himself up for the church. Yes, yes. Being pure and holy became sin. Yes, crucified, died, Ephesians five. Yes, Ephesians five twenty four. Yeah, yeah. Now, as the church submits to Christ, so wives are to submit to their husbands and everything. Husbands, love your wives, just as Christ loved the church and gave Himself for her. Right. So, sacrificial love is a one of the key parts for biblical masculinity that we can see in marriage and even not in marriage. Right. Yeah. Because. I mean, you see it today, it's displayed as a heroic act when some woman is in distress and some man comes in and saves yeah, day. her. Right. You know, that's every superhero movie right. that ever was created. So it's it's a biblical picture that the world has taken and really hasn't changed too much from it and, right. and yeah. put it up on a pedestal as, you know, this is what men should be doing. Yeah. And so... Like rescuing women, yeah. yeah. Rescue, <laughs> right. rescue a woman today, yeah. and get your yeah. white horse and go save some ladies. Yeah, um, I think a, another thing that we see there um, to to almost you know not compare to Christ, but to look at differently is a lapse in authority from Adam. Yes, Adam allows Eve to eat of the right tree. And says nothing. He didn't step up and say, oh, 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 whoa, no. So it's it's not just that, you know, Adam made this giant sacrifice um, just out of complete, you know, so on and so forth. It's we see that that Adam failed in his responsibility to look after woman and and exercise that authority and say, hold on. Yeah, we're not we're not to eat that. You yeah, know, we're not to go there. Whereas 
Christ exercised his authority as soon as he came to, you know, to earth to yeah. seek and save and redeem, you know. So when we look at these parallels, I mean, it's, it's just, it's awesome to see parallels in the Bible. And that's the whole reason why I bring this up is because right. the, the Bible isn't just story, 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 no connectivity. Like we see God's plan woven throughout Ro- the woven whole through thing. The whole thing. Yeah. Yep. And the comparison and the contrast. Oh my goodness. Yeah. All through. Yeah. Yeah. So another part of masculinity um, that Adam, I don't I wouldn't say Adam displays, but it is mentioned in the creation model in chapter two is that the man is the initiator. And he, Adam says this in verse 23, talking about the woman. And then in 24, it says, this is why a man leaves his father and mother and bonds with his wife and they become one flesh. So the role of a man is to be the initiator. So it says here that they leave their father and mother, and they go to the woman, and they basically are the ones that say, you know, we're going to get married, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. You see that even today, popping the question, doing the ring thing. (laughs) Right. All that. But um, that is the three main points of biblical masculinity and you can see them all in adam responsibility sacrificial love for others and being the initiator right so those if you want to find biblical masculinity you can look at adam and you can see them but you can also see faults in masculinity by not being the protector when eve ate the fruit not being the protector when cain killed abel yep like there's there's many points at which Adam slips and falls and doesn't hold up to his masculinity that God gave him upon creation. Yeah. It, yeah. It's crazy to think about how Adam directly molded and created by God could have such misgivings and failures, you know, like, yeah, like you wouldn't expect that from, like you'd expect that from us because we're born from, Sam. You know, yeah. Well, yeah. Well, we're born from men and women. You know, yeah, right. We weren't molded, quote unquote, physically. Yeah. You know, from spit and ash and <laughs> right into who we are. Like we didn't just come to be. We were born. You know, and and to think that Adam, you know, could even I don't want to say stoop, but like fail that hard, you know, right. is, you know, I guess just a warning for, not a warning, but a good example for all of us men to say, yeah, we need Jesus, you know, yeah. like, cause when we look at Adam and then we fast forward, like we see the failure of man throughout all the way up until Jesus. Yes. <laughs> like, there are no good men none left. Yeah, so even even Noah, you know, yeah, wasn't a great man, you no, know, like right. I don't, you don't know many great men that get drunk and lay naked in <laughs> the <laughs> middle of a brand new. <laughs> well, last land, week. yeah, <laughs> unless you're Ronnie Bass, <laughs> but yeah, it's <clears throat> you know, it's that kind of thinking to where it's like, wow, that it's incredible that you know, centuries 
pass before we even see what basically what God's plan was for man all along right. until Christ comes, Christ, until Jesus yeah, until steps here. into the world. Yeah. So. Yeah. So where are we going? Uh, now we are going to fast forward to the man after God's own heart, David. Okay. I love David. Yeah. So uh, I have the first point on David in First Samuel 17. Verse 37, it says, Then David said, The Lord who rescued me from the paw of the lion and the paw of the bear will rescue me from the hand of this Philistine. So this is a key verse before David goes and kills Goliath because it shows his astounding trust and faith in God. Yeah. It's also the knowledge of who God is. Like he has an intimate (laughs) knowledge of Yes. Who God is and what he can oh, do. Oh, he's going out on the field to fix and to die. Yeah. I mean, there's no one. I mean, he doesn't even think that, though. Like, that no, that's doesn't what I'm even saying. cross his mind. Uh, I mean, he doesn't cross his mind. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. I mean, it's huge. Just struts right on out there. Yes. Yep. You got to think he's only maybe 13, 13 at this yeah. point. Maybe. That's what I'm thinking. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he was, he was probably around the age of 13. Yeah. Out to go kill some... That's Nine right. and a think half of, foot think tall of man. Think of the the any eighth grader that you know, and you're yep. like, yeah, I could probably see him trying that, but <laughs> <laughs> mm. yeah. How many eighth graders? Let's say let's use basketball as an example. Yeah, is going to step out on the on the court with a NBA player? Not going to happen. Not happen. They would do it yeah. for the ex- just to say they did it and just get demolished. But nothing's going to happen. Yeah, but nothing's going to happen. They're going to get yeah. to walk off the court. He's going out there with a, you know, a man Strut. standing a, you know, he's he's standing there with a sword. Yeah. Yep. But that's the first point I have on David. The second one is in chapter 18, verse 12. It says that Saul was afraid of David because the Lord was with David, but had left Saul. So that is one of the first verses we see before David is really called the man after God's own heart. Yeah. Because it literally says the Lord was with him. So David had sought after God so much that he he was with him. And it, in yeah. the Old Testament, the Holy Spirit more or less bounced around from person to person. Yeah. Rather than what we see it today in every believer. So that is almost a picture of the Holy Spirit being in David. Yeah. At that time, and we and see apparent, that. And apparently, for a, a while, long time, yes, because for him he was to still, acknowledge, he was still this. very young. And this, it's the next chapter. So, yeah. so he had just killed Goliath at age 13, 14, maybe 15, but that's stretching it. Yeah. Big, yeah. Yeah. And then it just says that the Lord was with him, like, not even a full chapter later. Mm. So, dude just killed a nine foot man. Yeah. He's, about 13 years old, and now he has the Holy Spirit in him. And the cool part about that, too, is when we look at at our role as men today, like, we are to have that godly confidence. Yeah, like we are. There's supposed to we're, be a— We're ready to walk—yeah, we should yeah. be ready to walk on the battlefield. There's a, there's a strut and a swagger that comes along with knowing who God is. But it's the strut and swagger of God. Exactly, yeah. And not— no, us. no, no, no. It's not a, yeah. oh, yeah, I can do this. I knew where you were going, yeah. but I want to clarify. It's right. not, 
It's not, you know, puffing me up. Yeah, but it's also not shying away from the things that we Definitely know not. are right and what we know to do that is right. Correct. So there, there's not this, you know, we we emphasize humility a lot in in church culture today for men. We emphasize, you know, be humble, be meek, be mild, oh, yeah. yeah, be lowly, be all this. Being, yes, yeah, absolutely. A lot of it's, you know, uh, but, being thrown out, be the doormat. Ugh. We're not, yeah. a, we're not a doormat. That is, that is like the underlying theme Yeah, is, yep, show great restraint. Okay, yes, when it's appropriate. When it's yeah. appropriate, exactly. But when you know what is right and what you, you have the godly confidence in, you know, to do what is good and good being defined as what benefits you as well as others to the maximum potential. You know, when you know what is good and right and holy, you were to walk, I mean, not even walk, you were to run in that direction. Yes. And that's what we see with David in most of his life. Now, unfortunately, we don't see it in his whole life, but right. from from getting crowned king to, you know, or getting anointed king, I should say, yeah. to, to getting crowned king, we see this, this amazing confidence as well as the humility yeah. that we see. Mm-hmm. So the next point, that I have for David is in chapter 24 where he sees Saul in the, the cave. cave. Yes. And if you don't know this, it is. Yeah. There's a lot of men that would not do what David did. Oh, oh no. no, I wouldn't. There's a lot of men that wouldn't stick around after Saul had already thrown tantrums and <coughs> tried to kill him. Uh, yes. <laughs> throwing spears at his head. Yeah. Throwing spears at his yeah. head and just kind of sticks around and been like, ah, he, maybe he'll come down. <laughs> right. Okay. Yeah. And then when Saul's just like, no, I'm going to kill you. He's like, I better get out of here. I better go. <laughs> yeah, I, better, I better leave. Yeah. yeah. But in chapter 24, verse 10, uh, he says, you can see with your own eyes that the Lord handed you over to me today in the cave. Someone advised me to kill you, but I took pity on you and said, I won't lift my hand against my Lord since he is the Lord's anointed. So this is the a great picture of humility from David, yeah. but it's also another picture of trust because he doesn't seek right. after revenge on Saul. He more or less says, revenge is not mine to take. Revenge is God's. Mm. So yeah. he trusts the Lord enough and he respects God because Saul is still the anointed king. king. Yes. So he yeah. is still, as he says, the Lord's anointed. So he respects right. the, the past decision well, at this point, yeah, Saul is the appointed king. Yeah. David is the anointed king. Yes. yes. So Saul is still appointed to rule, and David has not been given that permission yet, even though David is the anointed yes. king. Yeah. Yes. But so just a quick clarification there. Yeah. But he because he mentions him as the Lord's anointed, yeah. because at one point he was. Right. So he has yeah. that respect for him to say, you're... You were God's anointed. Yeah. You, you might still not, rule you might not yes. be. Yeah. yeah. You it might is not, not my be, time. You might not yeah. be now. You are the appointed one, right. but you're not the anointed one now, but you were at some point. So I'm respecting that role that you had, yes. even yeah. though it might not be there anymore. It's that not, is great restraint. And it's, yeah. and it's not respect for, for him. It's respect for God. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Because, I mean, this is a man podcast, so we can talk about that. Saul was pooping. Like, oh, yeah. yeah. 
Saul was squatty potty Squat. in a cave. He's squatting. And David was like, are you are yeah. we serious? Like, Saul is all alone yes. pooping. Yeah. And <laughs> oh, yeah. I've got a knife. <laughs> yeah. God, what do you want me to do? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and yeah, God's like, no, don't kill him. Like, it's it's not. <laughs> it's not time. Unfortunately, it's not his time. And God's, you know, you have to be thinking like David's like, seriously, this seriously, isn't the time. This is like, the time. This is yeah, the perfect this is time. A, this is an Elvis Presley moment. It like, is an Elvis <laughs> Presley moment. We can make moment. this happen. We can make this happen yeah. really easy. And Saul deserves it. You know, yes. if there's a way for Saul to go out, you, when you look at the things that Saul has done repeatedly up until this point, like, you're like, yeah, that man deserves an end, you know. Yeah. Rolling in his own feces, basically. Yes. Basically, I was going to say, it'd be a very low time to get killed. Oh, yeah. By someone. Yeah. Definitely. It'd be very embarrassing for While you're squatting. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> and that wasn't God's plan. It wasn't. And it's incredible to think. I, I wouldn't have had that restraint. There's no Absolutely way. Absolutely After everything that no. Saul had done. To, no. Yes. Done yeah. to him. Yes. There's no... And, you know, not only is, is this... a you know, a restraint on David in this part, but David's also in charge of all of these men. Like, oh, David imagine could end this right here, end it right there. Oh, yeah. And he had been hiding out for like almost ten years. I might be wrong yeah. on that, but I mean, in caves for years with these. You How know, many David's men, mighty men would have walked away with? Oh my gosh. you being the leader, and and you coming back to him and saying, "Well, I could have killed him, but." You know, it's not time. Yeah. Like, that's... It's, Are you kidding? I'm going back home to my wife. Yeah. See ya. Well, it's, yeah. it, it speaks to the the power and the influence in the nature of, of David for all of these men to stick with him, you know, and the leadership that, yes. that David obviously displayed to mm-hmm. say, <clears throat> boys, it's not our time. Yeah. And for the men to just say, okay, all right. <laughs> I don't believe you, but I trust you. Yeah. You know, like this, you know, when, when you really look at these stories and you really dig deep into, into what this would look like, you, you begin to see how David could be a man after God's own heart. And just the, you know, like you think of there, there were about 30 men with David and David had his responsibilities to feed them, to lead them, to get taken care of. All of this, and David has a moment where he can just end it. end it all. He can march straight into, you know, his kingdom, put the crown on his head, and been totally fine. Everybody, everybody was rooting for him, so everybody would have been like, "Finally, David's yeah. here! Like, David's let's here, go!" Yes. And he doesn't do it. So that's it's incredible to think as a dude, like the restraint that that David shows in submission to God, yeah, and God's authority, definitely. Um, and then, so, so you could, you could still say, so all the men that were following him, same thing, same thing. Yeah. Because of the example that he that was, David showing. was showing for yes. sure. And then they could see God in him. Oh yeah. So when you, otherwise think about- it would have. They would have walked off. Oh, they would have killed Saul right then and there. Yeah, they yeah. would have went in and killed him. Exactly. Yeah. They would have been like, "Oh, well, he's All done. Right, forget it, David. Like, we'll take it. We'll, we'll take, take it this. for you." Yeah, yeah. But my point is, yes, that those men, even doing restraint, yeah, the authority that was, you know, 
yeah. that, that he had over them and understanding, okay, I'm going to trust you. Yeah. Like you said, I'm going to trust you. I'm I don't hungry, understand. I'm wet. And I'm I want to go home. I'm tired. I'm in a cave. And I want to yeah. go home. Yeah. I haven't seen my family. Yeah. Oh. Yep. So go ahead. Good stuff. Yeah. So the next thing about David is just like Adam, he had his falls and his trip ups. Yep. Yes. Um, David course, goes downhill real fast. He does. Starting with Bathsheba. Yep. Um, most people know the story. He sees her bathing and basically calls for her. Yep. Meets her. Says, you have a husband. He's in my army. I can take care of that. Yeah. And basically has him killed and takes her and marries her and has a kid with her. Um, but out of this great sin, we have the ultimate sign of repentance in Psalm 51. Uh, Psalm 51 is a repentance psalm written by David. Yeah. And it is just him pouring out his heart to God and showing his full repentance. And another thing about David is that when David sinned, like with Bathsheba killing Uriah, that was his name, right? Yeah. Uriah counting his army and his collections, trying to build the temple, all of the things that he did that were not even got appointed. no, No, not at all he had a true repentance because he never repeated the same sin. Yeah, which is incredible. Yeah, so we have Psalm 51 to see the true state that a a believer should have when they sin. And then we have David as the example on how to truly repent and not turn back to the same sin again and again and again. That's that's insane. I mean, you think of us today and it's like well it's, I got this one thing I just can't get can't rid get of. Can't get rid of. Yep. yep. Can't get past it. <laughs> it's like keep going back to it. This man had, was in charge of a whole country. Yep. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Think about the amount of times that if you were a king, you would have counted your people. Oh yeah. And he was told not to and he did it once and never did it again. So that was yeah. yep. It's yeah. David David is just Awesome as a story. Unfortunately, it would seem as though David never really forgives himself. He doesn't. After Bathsheba. He doesn't. No, he doesn't. Like he he never he never seems to to get to the point to where he walks in that godly confidence again. Because we see, I mean, he he becomes just a very lazy fair, hands off parent. He becomes a very just you know, meek, not, I don't want to say meek, but very mild king where he's not really putting in any laws. I mean, he's he's just kind of riding the wave. Yeah, and right. it leads to so much turmoil. Oh, huge like, turmoil. And that's, that's kind of the lesson that we see here is, yes, there's repentance and there's forgiveness, but there's also got to be this point where you come to your senses, really, and say, yeah, I remember who God is, and I remember that, you know, God is who he says he is, and he can do what he says he can do, and I need to walk in that confidence again. Even though, yes, I did sin, yes, I have repented, 
I've still got a role to play. Like I've yeah. still got a kingdom to, to be in charge of. Right. I've still got, you know, you think of all the kids that David had and he just kind of just let run wild. What, yeah. I was going to say he didn't do anything. Yeah. yeah and it leads go. to a civil war in his kingdom. Right. Because he, he lets, you know, an atrocious thing happen. And his son says, no, dad, you didn't raise me like th- that to, to just let this go. Like yeah. this is not, you know, and you got to think that, that there was something, everybody in the whole kingdom knew David's story. Everybody who knew who did, like his, his reputation, fame preceded him. And you got to think if you're Absalom, you know, and, and if we get into this, this story, um, basically, uh, I forget her name, the sister, Samar, Tamar, 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 uh, ended up being raped by her half brother. Yes. Uh, and it comes to light and the whole family knows about it. And basically, you know, basically the whole kingdom ends up knowing about it. And Absalom says, Hey dad, Hey David, like this happened. There has to be a punishment. Like yeah. there has to be has some, to be. and David just does not address it. And so Absalom, and this is a great example for, for manhood as well. Absalom takes on this responsibility of himself to then challenge the king to then say, oh, well, my dad's not who he used to be. So it's, it's time to rise up. It's time to put in the, you know, it's time to rebuild this kingdom. It's time to do the things that dad did early in his days. And it's time that basically we put dad in a retirement home and we take over. Take over. Yeah. That was not his responsibility. Like, as much as we would read that story and go, yes, absolutely, yeah, you were it. right. Go for yeah. it. No, sir. Like, God did not appoint that. And God, let me say it this way. God did not give Absalom that authority to then take over the kingdom. So this leads into a civil war. It leads into the kingdom just being completely divided. Right. It leads to Absalom's death. It leads to, again, just a distraught David who just keeps falling deeper and deeper into this sorrow and guilt and sadness. And it's, it's pitiful, almost how we see David just end his life versus how he began it. Yeah. And then we see Solomon, you know, who comes right along afterwards. Solomon, again, does the same thing David did. Starts off great and then just ends terribly. Yeah. And you're like, well, where'd you learn that from? And it's like, well, David. David, yeah. So it's a great, yeah, it's a great story for us as men that, you have to continue the fight. And you also have to learn. Yeah. And you got to be open to, to making mistakes and failing and saying, that's okay. Well, that's yeah. the whole point of men in the church. Yeah. Ooh, that's good. Pouring point. in to, to the men that are to be. Yeah. Disciple making is a whole nother podcast topic. Well, we kind of went over it a little <laughs> yeah. bit in a past podcast, but. Well, this that, is just a great. That's a. Yeah. Point I mean, towards. What does biblical manhood look like? It's, it's not just being responsible for yourself. It's being responsible to the next generation coming up to right. learn and know who the same God is that you serve. Yeah, right. And it's being consistent. Yes. It's, yeah. con- it's continuing the same thing year after year after year after decade after yeah. decade. After mistake after mistake after mistake. Yeah. It's, it's just saying. I mean, I know Ellis has heard many times. Okay, don't, don't do it that way. Oh, yeah. yeah. Why do I tell you not to do it that way? 
because I've done it and I got this all over my hands and right. you don't want it all over your yeah. hands because I mean, it doesn't come off. It doesn't come off. I mean, don't do it. I've I've learned. Yeah. I've learned, you know, I've learned not yeah. to do it because of what yeah. I've done. Do you wanna do you wanna tell the people? Yeah. Do you tell <laughs> oh, the yeah. people? Who is it? <laughs> there we go. He's the barking. You That's tell right. Him. <laughs> now you we tell know. Him. The last man in the house spoke. Even the dogs weigh in on this one. There you go. That's right. So it's another man's best friend. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> to be in the man. The, That's being right. The, being the a man, man, you have to have a dog. You get dominion over, over the animals. All right. So where are we going now? Um, I know you have the last, the last point that you could end with would be Jesus. Yeah. I mean, he is God. So he would be the perfect picture of masculinity. And yeah. the one thing that differs from Jesus that we see in a pitfall, both Adam and David, is how Jesus treated women and the society that he lived in. Mm. Yes. So we and have. The, and so describe the society that he lived in. Well, women were. Because, I mean, we may have people listening that don't, yeah, don't know. We kind of hit on it. Yeah, a little, little bit, bit, very little in in the middle of this. But women in that society were house workers, children carers. Basically, they were there to yeah. have kids and take care of them and take care of the house and do nothing else and own nothing and own, own nothing. nothing. They had no rights. Like, yeah, they had no rights. They had they, the right to bear children and the right and, to stay at home. And That's at it. some and at some points and make food. And that was basically yeah, it. in that time frame. Women really didn't speak unless they were spoken to. Yeah. So they had no, they had nothing. <laughs> also, like, women were not allowed to learn under rabbis. By no, any. they weren't. They <laughs> I was going to say, they didn't, they weren't even allowed in the, the, uh, they weren't allowed to learn the temple. Yeah. What was the, um, the outer courts? Well, my, thank yeah. you. Yeah. My brain just went dead. Yeah. Yes. I, I, I mean, that. the, the outer the, yeah, courts, the, that's the it. women in that society were, literally viewed as nothing rather than giving birth to kids. Yeah. But I mean, Jesus at the woman at the well, I mean, she comes up and he, he basically approaches her and says, you know, yeah. What are you doing here? (laughs) And she's like, you're she's talking not even to a Jew. Me. Yeah, right. she's, not a, she's not a Jew. Not a Jew. She's not a Jew. She's a woman. She's like, She's coming to get water in the middle of the day, which no one did no. because she wanted to be alone. And Jesus was basically like, what you doing? Hey there. And yeah. <laughs> and she's like, why are you talking to me? Right. Yeah. You know? And uh, like, she's astonished. Like, why is a rabbi yeah. talking to me a Gentile woman. And he also asked her for water, yeah. which is something that would they, be completely frowned upon because yeah. you wouldn't a you wouldn't take it from a non-Jewish Not, right. yeah. person. B you wouldn't take it from a, you wouldn't make a woman draw you water. You would do that yourself. Self. Yeah, and it's insane. And then he talks to her. You know, yeah. I am the living water. Drink from me, and you won't be thirsty. And then he looks at her and he tells her to do something that would be frowned upon. He tells her to go back and tell everyone. Yeah. Like, she probably did that, and people looked at her and went, why are you doing this? <laughs> yeah. Like, who? where's where's your husband that he needs to come grab you and take you home? 
kind of thing. Because yeah. that was the society. Women didn't do that. Women didn't come out in the middle of the town and say, guys, you can't <laughs> believe who I just met. Yeah. Yeah. Me they weren't the stuff. town criers. No. Yeah. No. They didn't. No. But I mean, then you have. Like, and then he, she says, he told me my whole story. Yeah. Yeah. This man knew my whole life. Whole life. Yeah. And yeah, it would, that wouldn't be something that a woman would say to anybody in her situation. Yeah. You know, it wouldn't, I've had five husbands. He told me all about that. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> what? You're, why are you telling everybody? Right. Yeah. <laughs> why are you airing all yeah, those, of That's your... that dirty laundry that you keep at the bottom of the pile. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. But that's the longest recorded conversation that we have of Jesus. Yeah. And it's with a woman. And a Gentile woman. Yeah. So and we the the <laughs> ability that Jesus had because he was God, he elevated women to a standard and a position that was never even thought of oh, yeah. by that society. Because that's just how they viewed women. Yeah. And he and he just basically threw them up and said, Hey, they're they're valuable. They're they are yeah. just like us. They are, have the image of God. Yeah. So they have value. And the fact that you know he claimed to be the Son of God. Yeah. Would have just made people even more mad. That it, okay, if you are who you say you are, and you're out here talking to women, women, yeah, yeah, why? Like, come on, man. Yeah. Like you should know better. Yeah. Like you're the Son of God. You should. Uh, you should know. You. <laughs> you should know better. Can you imagine saying that to Jesus? <laughs> you should know better, dude. Like, get over yourself. Hold on. <laughs> yeah. That's yeah, it's incredible to see what to see what you know, Christ broke so many social norms. First he let, you know, Mary Magdalene, a former prostitute, follow him around and learn from him. He's talking to Gentile women. He's healing women, which what? <laughs> like, yeah. You know, and then yeah, it's it's just incredible to what he to what he does. He's he's teaching women and children. He's teaching out in the open for all to hear. And whoa. You know. That's incredible. Yeah. So, in conclusion, I think biblical manhood is the three points we had in the beginning responsibility so being able to be responsible take care of responsibility manage it yeah correctly so yeah let's talk about before we completely end yeah. let's talk about what that looks like here and now like yeah. we have biblical examples which is great but they were from thousands of years ago true like time has changed and, and things are different but yet they still remain the same because we're still having these conversations. Yeah. So when we look at, at our roles as men here, you know, again, like you said, we, we have a role of responsibility. Yeah. We have a role of authority. Yeah. We have a role of, um, go ahead. Protection. Rick. Protection. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And these are all characteristics that we see in God and that we, we are to adopt from God, not from anything else, but we are, we are to get our purpose from God. We are to adopt our responsibility from God. We are to, you know, have our protection modeled by God for us so that we are able to operate in these roles to perfection, you know, because we, our standard is the perfect 
um, sorry, brain broke there for a second. Our, the standard is the perfect example of how these roles are to be played out. Yeah. So then we see how this is perfectly played out and we are to imitate how that happens. So when we think about masculinity in today's world, we are looking at a perfect standard. So then if that if God is the perfect standard of masculinity in the the things that he has given to us that are part of himself, then we are we should not be we should not shy away from those things. Yeah. And we should not shy away from acting like men as long as we are acting like men in the biblically Biblical. standard of men. Yeah. You know, and it's we should not be afraid to stand up for what is right. Yeah. We should be protecting those who are weaker. Weaker, yeah. We should be able to, you know, we should be working like we talked about two podcasts two po- ago. Yeah. We should be the hardest workers out there. There, there are doesn't so mean many that you're things. making the most money. No, it doesn't have to. I mean, there's times back in our marriage because I'm self-employed. Yeah, Carrie made more money than I did. I mean, at the end of the year, I'm like, well, crap, you beat me this year. I mean, <laughs> but but the point was, I was still, I was still doing what I needed to get done. Exactly, you because know? we're not judging our role of man by the world standards. Correct. Yeah. So we're not judging how manly we are by how much money we're making and if we're and making more than our wives. How big we are and yeah. how strong we are and how mechanically inclined we are. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. 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 That that is not yeah, that is not biblical manhood in the sense that it is not the perfect standard of biblical manhood like sure was david a strong guy probably like yeah. probably maybe it says he was handsome yeah and he and was probably strong because he was a shepherd yep so he had to carry sheep and he buried a stone in goliath's forehead yeah like you got to be able to sling a stone pretty, <laughs> pretty hard <fast>. pretty <laughs> <Yeah. fast. laughs> he fought in wars like yeah mm-hmm. you know he was a soldier he wasn't a chump no like you know, we, we look at Jesus. Jesus, you know, was a carpenter. There's interpretation there that some even say he was a stonemason. Yeah. Like, I don't know if, like, my grandpa laid bricks and was a brick mason. I've laid some block before, and I don't like it. Man, you got to be, you got to be a strong dude. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> I'm talking about yes. like my my to grandpa's hands. Oh yeah, felt like bricks. And bricks. You, and you yes. think yeah. that was probably what? How long ago that he was doing that? Oh, dude, and you got to think like you're moving boulders. Yeah, in his time, in his time, they had and to you're break, building boulders. They, they had right. to break yeah. down the boulders with a, a chisel, hammer and yeah. a chisel, and then they had to move those. Ugh. So, I mean, yeah, yeah, and even the carpenters back then, like oh, you yeah. got to. Take the tree down. Yeah. yeah. You're, not going, You're <laughs> not going to Lowe's. You're not going to Lowe's. No. I need to get a couple of two by fours. Yeah, there, no. there are no skill saws no. back then. You're making it. Yeah. So, yeah, strength is, you know, being a part of man, as we're, we're talking about, but it's not It's not what you need to Focus define on. yourself yeah. as. Yeah. Just because I go to the gym and I lift heavy things doesn't make me a man. Like. No. That's that's not. There's been some huge men that I have seen, and it's not because of their muscles. 
Yeah. 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 You think of, you know, Winston Churchill, Teddy yeah. Roosevelt, George Washington. You know, these men didn't, they, they led through, you know, by example. Yeah. By, by yeah. living out the, the qualities of responsibility yeah. and, and being, you know, a, get that authority and, and protection and looking out for people. And you were talking about, like, meek. You know, you were like, you know, we need to be humble. We need to yeah. be meek. And we're not. There's been some men that I remember growing up in church, and they were biblical men. Yeah. Knew God's word, knew how to respect any anyone, yeah. not just women, not men above them, anyone. And, uh, yes, they were meek. They were, I mean, he was meek. He was humble. He would be someone that if he walked in the room that you would go, okay, like he's not like a burly man. Right. But there's but a he's quiet a man. confidence yeah. yes. that exudes from people who understand their roles yes. in the way that David did yeah. and, and, and men like that. And the I think the biggest example that we see from Jesus is that power in restraint. So, you know, while we should work to be knowledgeable and strong and in the epitome of, of man, we should learn how to restrain that in the sense that we learn when is the right time to bring justice when is the right time to give mercy? When is the right time to show grace? When is the right time to, to stand to do, up? Yeah, to stand up or to stand down. Mm-hmm. When is the right time to do all of these things? And and ultimately it all comes down to yeah. your knowledge of scripture to know when and when not. Yeah. And it's easy when you when you grow in these things and you do become a strong leader and you do become somebody of fame and rapport and, and whatnot, like a Winston Churchill or a George Washington. How do you, how do you know how to, you know, how do you keep in reference of the power that you have? You compare it to God's power and you say, I need to, yeah, I am not, I may be strong in this aspect in, in this realm or whatever, you know, I may be the best worker in the field. That's fine. But that doesn't give me authority to boast and to brag and to all of this stuff. Because exactly. when I look to God, I realize if he's the ultimate example, I, I well, do not come close. Right. But that's the example that we're, we're thriving, we're trying to get to. Yeah. So ultimately, it's when do I stand up? It's... It's when God would stand up. Mm. When would I stand up That's is it. when God would stand down. You know, how I treat a woman, whether it be my wife, be just a just a female period. Yep. You know, it's it's it goes back to God. Yeah. And we see that all throughout the Bible. Yep. So yeah, I think if you're looking, you know, for bib- biblical manhood and you're you're trying to 
strive to do the best that you can possibly do, like keep rooted in the Bible. Mm-hmm. And I mean, that doesn't mean that doesn't mean you <clears throat> you don't get out and live out the biblical standards of manhood. That doesn't mean you just read about them and then walk away. Walk away. You yeah. have to put these things into practice, and you are going to fail, and you're going to mess up. And you have to walk in them. Yeah. As men, we should be the most okay with failure because that means we're going towards something. And when God corrects us, we need to be open and ready for that correction and know that God is growing us even yes. more in the image of himself. Yep. That's all I got. That's all I got. <laughs> That's all I've got. Yep. Well, okay. good talk. It was great talk. Ron Thanks, Reagan. Ellis. Yeah, man make no a problem. shirt. So I'm wearing my man make a good shirt. Podcast. All right. Find us on uh, social media at Unpopular Truth Podcast. Or actually, if you have any questions, if you're like, these guys are idiots, this is actually what this yeah, means. Yeah, send all complaints <laughs> in to Carrie. <laughs> yeah. Uh, at unpopulartruthpodcast.com. There's a place there you can uh, reach out to us. And we'll talk to you later. Appreciate y'all listening. See ya.